Hi, I'm Jenna. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to Cincinnati Zoo Tales. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Cincinnati Zoo Tales. We've got a bonus birthday episode today celebrating Fiona, our princess's fifth birthday. Happy birthday, Fee! (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited for this one. Yeah, we're really excited. I don't know if um, any of you participated that are listening now, but we asked for you to send in questions via our Instagram story and I think a post, a picture of her asking all the questions you could think of about Fiona. So we compiled those questions. There were a lot. So we try to do the ones yes. that were most frequently asked, the ones that made us giggle, or we thought were maybe important to talk about. <laughs> so we apologize if we don't answer your question, but we're going to try and get through as many as we can. So this will be a different setup um, today. But we do have Wendy joining us. Uh, you guys have probably heard her lion episode. She is a keeper in the Africa department with us, and of course was a part of the original team Fiona and did so much with BB before Fiona was even born. So of course we had to bring her back and we're so excited to talk about Fiona. Thanks, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, it's always fun getting to kind of reminisce on these kind of stories, especially with you guys. Some of the experiences that you have with Fiona in particular, they're experiences that no other zookeeper has ever had, maybe they will ever have. So it's a very unique perspective that you guys bring. So. It's always interesting kind of talking to you guys about this stuff. Yes, and it helps. I mean, we both have terrible memories. We say that all the time. (laughs) But it helps when we're, like, forced to talk about them, try and remember. Uh, We promise we haven't done too much research. So we've, you know, hopefully we can pull these answers out of our brains, (laughs) out of our memories, (laughs) uh, as far as some of the fun questions. Um, But bear with us on the timeline. Like, people always ask, you know, when did her teeth start coming in? I'm like, I swear it was around Valentine's Day, which makes her around three weeks old, but it's been five years now. She was turning five. Yeah, and all that information is definitely somewhere online. (laughs) You look back through all the many posts and shares, it is cataloged somewhere out there if you really want to know. Yeah, we also have like five, I think it was 525 pages of handwritten notes for the first 11 months of her life. So back then we were just writing every time she did everything. Yeah. Every, Ate, everything. went to the restroom, yeah. got a bath, mm-hmm. stood up, <laughs> <laughs> walked today. Like, yeah, in the beginning, everything was a milestone for yes. us. Yeah. So I'm going to back up a little bit and tell you guys an overview, a quick overview of Fiona's story. For any of you who haven't heard, man, you're behind on the times. Fiona's a special <laughs> hippo. She's famous, so I'm not sure how you guys don't know. But just in case you don't, it's okay. We forgive you. But Fiona was born on January 24th, 2017. And she was premature. We're thinking around six weeks, but potentially a little, maybe even closer to eight or ten weeks because um, Bibi and Fiona's father, Henry, were brought to us or arrived in the summer of 2016, um, late June, early July. And so the first time they ever even had the opportunity to meet was July of 2016. And gestation is eight months. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we had to be at least within the month of her correct gestation. So there's really no way for us to be off too far. And, and Wendy's looking at me like... No, I'm trying to do the math in my head and I'm terrible at it. But I'm like, yes, <laughs> I follow you. That all sounds good. Yeah, so, so basically, B.B. Uh, and Henry met. They got along great. They bred for the month of July. And we were expecting a baby in March. And... Um, 
Fiona came, like I mentioned, January 24th, and she was only 29 pounds. Typically a hippo calf is anywhere between 50 and 100 pounds, so there was, you know, a lot of growing she should have done. Um, on January 23rd, we started seeing BB show signs of labor. We were questioning ourselves, reaching out to all of our colleagues, doing our math, counting over and over and over again. Um, and eventually we just decided to accept the fact that BB was in labor. It was early. And, um, and then Fiona joined us at around 3 a.m. on January 24th. We had been watching BB overnight. We were worried about her health. We weren't really expecting this calf to survive. And um, in the meantime, while BB was pregnant, Wendy had trained her to allow us to do ultrasounds on her, which is huge, Amazing. huge thing. We don't know of any other zoo that had done it previous to us or if it had ever been done before. No one's spoken up and told us we're wrong otherwise, so we say we're the first ever. And uh, so we had seen Fiona's heartbeat and her spine and her ribs and everything. And so that day on January 23rd, when BB was acting odd, we decided to call our scientist, Jesse Watuzik, uh, to come do another ultrasound. And we could not find any of those things, the heartbeat, the spine, or the ribs. And we assumed that she was making her way into the birth canal. And that's why we couldn't find her. Um, and again, we weren't, we didn't honestly have high hopes for Fiona. So that was, that was tough. But... She's five now, so right. that's good. <laughs> we had volunteers watching BB overnight. Um, Fiona was born around 3 a.m. A keeper got here within five to seven minutes and of the call. Then our boss and curator, Christina, joined. And by 5 a.m., I think there were probably like 12 to 20 people here just trying to figure out what to do to keep this little hippo who is too premature and too weak to stand or nurse, how to keep her alive. Mm -hmm. So Fiona was born very premature, eventually... A couple hours later, we decided we need to step in and hand raise her, and that's where her story started. And you know, there were ups and downs. We weren't sure she would survive. She has, and she's thriving. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's all good. I'm about to have her fifth birthday. Yes, <laughs> and we've been documenting her life since day one. So I think yeah. that's why a lot of people have fallen in love with her. And that's why we're still celebrating her five years <laughs> later that's with like right. giant celebrations. I mean, it's just kind of a big mix of everything, right? Like it's the way that our zoo kind of took the foresight to share everything on social media. And people were able to kind of go along this journey and fight with Fiona as Fiona was fighting for her life. And she's definitely an inspiration. That's for sure. Yeah. And I remember it was kind of a tumultuous time for our country too. There was like a lot of division yes. over political stuff. And it was really nice to have this one thing that everybody could agree on and everybody would want to talk to you about. It didn't matter if you were red or blue or whatever. Everybody loved Fiona and was rooting for her. And it was nice to have one thing in common with no matter who you met. Like, mm -hmm. at least in the Cincinnati community, we all knew about her and were cheering for her together. So that was very unifying, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. I kind of forget about it at times. Yeah. It was like everyone's rooting for this little hippo. You would never yeah. imagine how many people were invested in her. They shared posts about her every day and tried to stop, and people yeah. were not okay with it. <laughs> Freaked out. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they had to be like, never mind. Okay, we'll keep them coming. Yeah, so if you're interested in hearing more or watching more, there are one million YouTube videos about Fiona. There's a Facebook show we did, a couple different seasons on her. You can learn even more. But we're also going to tell you a whole bunch right now. Yes. Um, so we're going to have Mark ask us some questions. Yes. And answer as many as we can. Yeah, so kind of how Jenna mentioned at the top, this is a bit of a different format than our normal show. It's kind of a question and answer section. 
to those of you whose questions we didn't get to, we're so sorry. We got, what was it, Jenna, 600 responses? Something, something yeah, like that. <laughs> something like that. We don't quite have time to sit down and answer 600 <laughs> questions. So we sifted through, found some of the kind of the most common questions that were asked, some of our personal choices and favorites that were asked, and some of just kind of the silly ones, too, that were fun. So I guess we'll start with some of the more common questions that we had. What is Fiona's favorite food? And more just kind of broadly, just about her diet in general. What does she eat in a day? Yeah, so this was definitely one of the most common questions asked. And it's so hard to say what Fiona's favorite food is because she is not picky. Most of those <laughs> aren't. Uh, we definitely think she favors, you know, watermelon or pumpkin. But she doesn't get those on a daily basis. So there isn't a ton of comparison. But Fiona, of course, loves cantaloupe, watermelon, and pumpkin. We use them for special occasions or for high-value training. And then... She actually loves hay. Hay and lettuce are her, her favorites, I think. When I set grain down and hay down at the same time, she often goes to the, to the hay first. So out of her regular diet, which consists of Timothy hay, lettuce, uh, yellow squash, cucumber, and then herbivore grain, I think grain and lettuce are, are one of are definitely her favorites, but again, yeah. she is not picky. So she's getting <laughs> roughly you know 30 pounds of food a day. Yeah. Which 30 pounds of food sounds like a lot, but then you kind of think about it and you're like, Fiona's a big girl, 30 pounds That's is not true. Much food. Yes, yeah. yeah. Hippos actually have really slow metabolisms and they only need about 1 to 2% of their body weight in, in food a day. So, kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 Are there any foods that she doesn't like that she won't eat? You know, I used to think that BB didn't like pineapple and I told everybody that because she spit it out a few times and refused to eat it once, like off the ground. But now she eats pineapple, and I've never seen Fiona spit anything out or not want something, so Ugh. I don't know. Have you seen I, anything? My my brain says that we had Brussels sprouts one Ooh. time that were not popular. Okay. And that's the only thing that I can think of that I think she maybe was not thrilled about or didn't finish or something. And now I want to try them. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> we'll have to get commissary to yes. give us some Brussels sprouts. Right. <laughs> that's funny. People do ask a lot, though. They don't eat meat. Or fish. People will ask us about the fish in their pool that they share space with. They do not eat the fish. The fish are there to clean up the habitat, clean up the hippos. So I will say she doesn't eat meat. She's not a carnivore. She's an herbivore. Right. You know what? I do have a funny story with them, though. Fun fact about Fiona you may not know. It's not, it's not pretty. But, well, first of all, no, hippos are herbivores, classified as herbivores, and they typically, you know, primarily eat grass. But... I've read that if there's a drought and they are, you know, in a desperate situation, especially males, they have been observed eating carcasses yeah. oh, or wow. dead animals, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I bring that up because, well, it's interesting, but one day there was a little girl and she was watching the hippos with her mom and she came up to me and she was like, I thought hippos were vegetarians. And I was like, you're right. They're herbivores. They, they only eat plants. And she was like, well, why is Fiona eating that fish? And Fiona was really young. She was like maybe a year old at the time. And she used to like kind of chase them a tiny bit. Not really, but she would once in a while show some interest in the fish. And I was like, oh, she's probably just playing, you know, or they swam by her at the wrong time. And my mom was like, no, like she's eating a fish. I'm like, what? And I like took a closer look and went up and Fiona was chomping down on a fish that had passed away. Oh, no. And, you know, she definitely has been seen doing that a time yeah. or two. So, like you fact. said, she's not picky. No. <laughs> but I haven't seen the adults doing that. The tilapia are there to help us keep the pool clean. Right. And they typically do not eat fish. That's so. fascinating about the wild hippos. They're like desperate times, call for desperate measures. For right. sure. Do what you gotta do to survive. Mm -hmm. 
But when Fiona was born, you mentioned how premature she was, how much she had to struggle at first. Was she drinking cow's milk? What was she drinking when she was born? Uh, she, she did not have to drink cow's milk. Um, it was really fortunate because we had trained that ultrasound behavior with BB. Somebody had the brilliant idea and said, well, hey, is there any way you could try to milk BB? Because obviously Fiona's not going to be able to get that milk on her own. And we were like, yeah, we can, we can certainly try. It never hurts to try anything. So, yeah, we brought Dr. Jesse back and uh, lined BB up like we did for her ultrasound procedures. And Jesse reached under there and just kind of started trying to milk a hippo. And lo and behold, we were successful. So we actually got some of that colostrum, that really important first milk that mothers produce for baby. Um, we were able to collect some of that, and then we were able to feed that to Fiona. Uh, so in the very beginning, we actually did have Bibi's milk to give to her. And we tried to do several milking sessions. Um, Bibi was super cooperative for it. She was a really good girl. I think the problem was that we were not stimulating her body enough. Like, we weren't able to replicate what a baby hippo would be doing. So in her body's mind, there was no baby around. There's no reason to keep producing milk, so her milk dried up. But we were able to collect enough to give colostrum to her, and we were able to collect enough to send some to the National Smithsonian's National Zoo's Milk Repository. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, and they have the largest milk bank in the world for animal milk. So they, they received it, they analyzed it, they told us exactly what was in it, the whole composition. And then our nutritionist was able to tailor make a special formula so that we were able to create a hippo formula, essentially, that mimicked BB's milk. Um, so we never had to resort to cow's milk. Luckily, we had, <laughs> we had a lot of tricks and tools in, a, in our pockets there that we could pull out to give her exactly what she needed during that time. Which I think is amazing because, honestly, she was so underdeveloped. We don't know that her digestive system could have handled something that wasn't correctly formulated for yeah. her. I mean, imagine a premature human child in the NICU. You, you, mm -hmm. you couldn't just give them something, you know, cow's milk, for example. Right. They probably wouldn't do well on it. So I think that's one of the reasons she survived. And... And I think it's amazing. So now if it ever happens again, we have this formula yeah. for future hippos. You know, but I, I think one of the best parts or the most fun parts. No, it's not the best. It's the least important. But <laughs> my one of my favorite claim to fame is that we've milked a hippo. Yeah, like, it's insane. A few, a few of us got to try, you know, the main keepers. And we did it. I think she was producing, you know, less and less, but a little for like five days or so, if my memory is right. And it started to kind of become a competition who could, like, milk the most. We'd right. be so proud of how much we would get out. And I've never milked a cow or a goat, but Same. I can say I've milked a hippo. The only animal I've ever milked is a hippo. Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. Yes. So not important, but I love it. Yeah, yeah that is and, insane. And it is important that we were able to do that. And BB's relationship with us allowed us to do that. And Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, who knew that? training that you had put in place for the ultrasound become so crucial later right. on like yeah yeah that's cool it was a, definitely a feather in my cap one of my proudest, <laughs> proudest keeper moments yeah, for sure absolutely no that's amazing that's amazing and we did get a bunch of questions as well about fiona's size and weight when she was born what she weighs now do you have a little bit of insight into that um, yeah. So as Jenna mentioned earlier, when Fiona was born, she was 29 pounds. And again, with a normal range being 55 to 120 pounds, she was literally half of the lowest range, um, which is why, as Jenna mentioned, nobody saw her and felt good about it in the beginning. We were just like, oh, man, this isn't going to go well. Um, but she's fine now. Now she's tipping the scales at 1,837 pounds as of this morning. Um, if she will be as large as BB or an adult, she's still growing. So I think that it's entirely possible to assume that she will reach like 
full-grown size in terms of what we are used to seeing. Um, but because she was premature, there's definitely a possibility that maybe at some point her growth was stunted and she may never reach like full size in terms of as big as mom at 3,400 pounds now. Um, yeah, you see that with a lot of premature humans as well, right? And other animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? She, We're just so happy she's here and healthy that if she ends up being a little on the smaller side, that we're certainly okay with it. And <laughs> yeah, I think uh, time will tell, but that, that one, we honestly don't have a definitive answer. We're not sure whether or not. I will say she's definitely slowed down. Like she used to grow maybe 30 pounds a week or so, and it's kind of plateaued. So we're trying to, trying to see whether or not she's going to like, you know, slowly increase or have a big giant like growth curve at some point or growth spurt at some point. Um, and, and just like yeah. everything with Fiona, it's so fascinating because there's no book, there's no data right. to go off for all this stuff. We're right. in uncharted territory with all of it. So we don't even have anecdotal evidence right. of like to talk to somebody and say, mm-hmm. "How did it look for you?" And and I know that female hippos can keep growing until they're 25 years old. So in theory, at this point, BB could still be growing mm-hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, I guess we I guess we will find out. <laughs> mm. Another question they had about hippo size. How tall would a hippo be if they stood on their hind legs? Mm. So, okay, people always are shocked to hear that hippos can climb. Like, it's Mm. really impressive. Our hippos will, like, climb the wall and try and get to trees that have, you know, grown over their habitat or that are in their habitat and that sort of thing, and it's really, really cool to see. Or It's a sight to behold. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Or if they're super motivated by something, say, a male and a female, and they're on the opposite side of a gate... They can climb and they'll put their front feet up, you know, eight, however many feet high. And Fiona is just, we call her a circus hippo. She She climbs (laughs) everything. everything. So that's a hard question to answer, especially because the question is saying, how tall would they be if they stood on their hind legs? Hmm. But I did have the opportunity to measure the length of Tucker, who is giant and very long compared to Henry, the other male that we've had the opportunity to work with. And I want Wendy and Mark to guess what I measured him at. I measured him this morning. He was laying down, and I measured him from tail to snout. (laughs) And I marked it with chalk where his, <laughs> where his tail was. And then when he shifted, I went and marked the spot where his nose was. I, this is funny because I am awesomely bad at <laughs> height, weight, length, anything. Um, I'm my, excited for this because I feel like I'm on the other side of trivia right now. Like, yeah. I really get to be on answering questions. I'm going to guess. I think he's got to be at least 10 feet. I was going to guess 11 and a half. That kind of stuck in my mind. I'm going to say 11 and a half. Okay. I'm going to go with 10. 10. Okay. So again, this isn't perfect, but I'd say it's within six inches. Yeah. Like he was laying down. I don't know if it'd be different if he were standing up, but he was 10 feet, 11 inches long. So you guys were like, ah, oh, really close. The yes. Wow. That's terrifying. That's terrifying to envision yeah. him. So then if he were on his hind legs, he'd be what? 12 or Prob- more. Yeah. Wow. That's big. Yes. I remember one time BB was in the, the chute, the scale chute, which is designed um, to be like one-way passage. The whole point is that an animal can walk through it but not turn around in it. Uh-uh. <laughs> BB was like, watch my moves! And literally, as you described, climbed the bollards and turned herself around in that tiny space. And that was the day when I realized how agile they are and that yeah. they can climb. 
And yeah, I just stood in awe and was like, that was terrifying <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know what it would look like if Tucker tried to, right? <laughs> tried to do that. Really I don't know if we have enough ceiling clearance for him to do that. He's yeah, so really? big. Yeah, he's so tall. Yeah. So long. Wow. That's yes. incredible. Now I'll need a... to get his height standing up yeah. soon. He's so much taller than BB. That was a good question. I'm glad somebody Yeah, that's a good one. I've never really thought about it before. Another question. We get this one all the time when we're doing tours, doing behind the scenes, all that kinds of stuff. What does Fiona feel like? Uh, I've, to this day, I've still never heard a better description than Jenna's, which is... Was it mine? I thought it was oh, yours. Yeah. No! The, <laughs> the avocado yes. covered in dog slobber? Yes, fully. That, that's I've always it. given you credit for that. Oh! I don't think it was, that's how bad our memories yes, are. It's so accurate, though. It is. It is. The texture is, like, spot on, and then when you add the slimy element, because they're either, usually they're wet because they've just got out of the water, or that blood sweats all over them. Um, and then the other note I have is that their whiskers remind me of toothbrush yes, bristles. Yes, I say that. Like, mm-hmm. the same like texture. soft ones. Yes. Yeah. They're not, yeah, they have a lot of give to them, and uh, that's the part of them that we touch most often, usually their muzzle and sometimes in their mouth a little bit, but... Yeah, definitely the avocado covered in dog slobber. It's definitely. like, you know, an avocado where it's just ripe. It's still hard, but you can press a little bit. They're not, as yeah, yeah, They're not squish. as squishy as you might imagine. <laughs> right. They're firm. They, yeah. yeah. But they've got They're a little bit of give actually pretty them, muscular. Yeah. yeah, and they have thick, you know, thick skin, but it's sensitive. And mm-hmm. their whiskers, they have multiple hairs coming out of one follicle. So right. it makes them look like they have really thick whiskers but it's actually just a lot of hairs yeah so they're softer than you might think Mm -hmm. but yeah and they have that texture yeah the blood sweat it's like dog slobber (laughs) dog slobber it's gross it's kind of gross and it's sometimes if you rub on them enough it kind of froths up and it looks like (laughs) pepto-bismol it turns all pink and frothy and yeah magic there you go avocado wrapped in dog slobber all right next we got a bunch of questions about Tucker, our new male who we have, um, Timothy, who is Fiona's kind of long-distance pen pal boyfriend, <laughs> a I guess you'd One-sided relationship at times, but yes. <laughs> and along with just a lot of questions about breeding potential with Fiona. So I guess we'll start off, how, how are her and Tucker getting along? Tucker arrived back in September now, so he's been yes. here a few months kind of settling in. Yeah, so Fiona and Tucker actually get along really well. Tucker is is quite a gentleman. He's really been on his best behavior, which we appreciate because it's terrifying to bring in a 4,200 pound animal and introduce them to the world famous, very, very, very loved, tiny little hippo. I mean, Mm. she's 1,800 pounds, but she's still tiny compared to him. And you never know what'll happen. And there's really not much we can do if they decided they weren't getting along as far as separating them. I can't go in and be like, Fiona, please come over here. You know, like if she doesn't want to, um, or Tucker, but Tucker's been great. They're getting along. She definitely pestered him like the little Fiona that she is. Anybody who comes and watches or has seen the videos, she definitely loves to have fun with her mom and bite her back end and her tail and just kind of seek out attention is what I kind of see it as and she did that with Tucker for about a month and we were kind of worried for him we're like oh my gosh Fiona let him nap like come (laughs) on but the sweet thing is she would try and nap on him but he wouldn't receive it at first he'd be like why are you because you know she lays on top of BB all the time it's like what's happening he would just like scooch out of the way and now they do nap you know with her resting on him in some way or head on her back or on his back or that sort of thing and um 
they've settled in nicely. She doesn't really bother him at all like that anymore and they get along great. So we're really excited for that. Um, you know, one of the questions was, will Fiona ever be paired with him for breeding? And the, the answer is we don't know. At this point, we do not have that recommendation. We follow the species survival plan and we do base things off of genetic diversity, but also space and what we can provide animals with in zoos. So right now, the hippo population is at a stable place where we don't, we aren't hoping to have more calves. Uh, we, you know, we aren't desperate for babies in order to keep the genetic diversity um, populated and, and diverse. Um, and we also don't have tons of zoos with the space for an extra hippo. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, um, there is more talk that'll happen, but that would be first with Tucker and BB before Fiona would ever be recommended for breeding. But she does have important genetics, so there's a, a chance in the future that she could breed with Tucker. But we mentioned the size thing. If she stays this small, that would be the only concern about her being small. We do blood draws. We know she's healthy. We can look at all of her blood work and know that her organs are functioning correctly. But we don't know for sure that she is large enough to withstand truly the act of breeding a 4,200 pound male, mm -hmm. you know, on top of her and, or, you know, sustain the pregnancy of having mm -hmm. a calf grow inside of her. So that would be our only question and things that we would really have to think about and think through. So the good news is she's five years old. She's just at the cusp of possibly being reproductively mature. We're not in any rush. BB didn't, you know, get pregnant for the first time until she joined us when she was 17 years old, I believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so there's no rush for Fiona. There's a possibility. We don't know the answer. The good news is though, people always want to know she'll leave for breeding. We're like 99% confident in telling you that Fiona will always live here. <laughs> yeah. We will do whatever needs to happen <laughs> yes. to keep the princess in Cincinnati. We joke there would be riots. So, yeah. but good news it's is, not a joke. There really would be riots. <laughs> <laughs> oh my true. gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, always, we do joke though. Like it'd be like the president, and there's a bunch of like armored black trucks and no one knows which one she's actually right. in and we Escorting say she's leaving her. on Wednesday at seven but she really left at, <laughs> on Tuesday at nine anyways um so we'll do our best to keep Fiona here we have a great facility so the odds of bringing a male here or her breeding with Tucker are higher than having to send her somewhere so that's good news and you know the whole Timothy thing I know there's fans out there Timothy's great. He's very friendly we and generous. Yeah. <laughs> he sends many gifts he does. that the keepers also get to enjoy. Right. Um, but we we do not know if him and Fiona will ever meet or if they will ever, ever be recommended to breed. You know? Right. It is yeah. the, the answer is already written in their DNA, honestly, because the genetics will determine it. And I don't know that whether anyone has assessed um, anyone in the SSP has actually looked at Timothy paired That's with Fiona. That's a good Fiona. question, yeah. Um, so yeah, that again, another uh, remains to be seen. Maybe in the future we'll have an answer, but for now, sorry, Timothy. You may want to look closer to home, Timothy. There's, <laughs> there are other girls out there. There's not just Fiona. Yeah, I do sure. think that's an interesting one to address, though, because I, I think a lot of people, they don't really know a whole lot about the SSPs, how breeding works within zoos. They think you're a zookeeper. You just put the animals together and they make babies, right? And it's like... There's a lot more that goes a into it than more. that. Thankfully. A whole lot more. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're making yeah. sure that there isn't inbreeding, overbreeding, you know, babies just for fun. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that goes into it. And most importantly that, you know, we are able to keep this genetic diversity wide enough that we never have to bring animals in from the, the wild in the exactly. future. So yeah. we can maintain their population within the zoos. So. Right. Yep. 
All right, we're on to some of the kind of the silly, more fun questions. Great. One question that we got that we just cracked up at. How does it feel to know that a hippo is more famous than you? Oh. I don't know if this was supposed to be a dig, but it really made me giggle. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> well, one, no one, I promise you, no one becomes a zookeeper and thinks, I'm going to be famous right. one day. Right. So there's absolutely no expectation or hurt that we are not famous and that Fiona is more famous than us. So I think it's hilarious. And one of the coolest parts of our job, we, we think it makes us so lucky to work with this famous animal for, sure. for fun reasons, but really important reasons too. Like I would dare to say she is the most well-known animal in the entire world currently. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been animals in the past, but like with current generations, I think Fiona's probably the most well-known oh, yeah. and she has the ability to make such a huge impact. And, and like, I feel like she has a job as an ambassador here at the zoo and she can help inspire people to study hippos in the wild or conserve them or even just do something small and support, you know, the zoo or pick up trash or anything because you care about the natural world and Fiona lives in it. Mm -hmm. Hippos live in it, that sort of thing. But also she inspires people when they're feeling down, when they're sick, when they're, you know, going through a hard time in their mm -hmm. life. So Super cool, very, very thankful that we get to work with this hippo, yes. and it's okay. She's yeah. more, I'm I'm happy, I always say we're like her agents, like. Yeah. <laughs> Momagers. Yeah. Yes, Managers. I'm glad that she is more famous yeah. than us. No, it's so true. I think the opposite, like, as keepers, you're always so excited when you see your animal show up on the zoo's Instagram page, or share it on CNN, whatever oh, yeah. it may be with Fiona is the case. Like, you're like a proud parent, like, oh, you're just yeah. so excited to see it. Like, I think... We're all happy for Fiona to be yeah. so famous. <laughs> it's, it's what we all hope and dream for is that our animal yeah. will be on a billboard someday or, or have a viral video. And Fiona has surpassed all of that, like, in droves, you know? Yeah. But, like, honestly, though, before Fiona, was that ever a dream of yours? Did you ever even consider that? No. Okay, well, no, right? no, like, no, no zoo animal has ever, right? like, achieved yeah. this level of stardom. So, yeah. yeah, it's not even something you even imagined because no. yeah. it had never happened yeah. before. It's insane. It it's crazy. crazy. <laughs> Another one. How does it feel to know you maintain a queen every single day? <laughs> I don't even have a good answer, but I just love this question because it's exactly how it feels. You know, it's like uh, the PR team will reach out, you know, uh, we have a special guest coming to meet the queen. Uh, and does she have time? And then you have to look at the schedule and right. you're like, well, she actually has a tour and a VIP and an interview here at three, four. And oh, we're, we got to fit in cameos somewhere. She has 86 of them yeah. this week to do. So we'll try and find time for the queen and make sure that she you know doesn't get too many snacks today she's thing, got but. a busier schedule than any human i know I'll say <laughs> no it's funny it's a big responsibility and oh, yeah a lot of fun to main maintain i mean is she the princess or the queen i don't know is bb the queen I'd, I thank you. Yeah. I think B gets forgotten a lot. Yeah. I'm like, there would be no Fiona without Queen <laughs> BB. There we go. So in my mind, it's Princess, Princess Fiona. Fiona. Fully. Yes. Yeah. I'm in for that. Princess V, Queen yeah. BB. I love it. <laughs> I love it. All right, we got a lot of questions about smells. What does, <laughs> I mean, you, what guys, does, you guys are interesting <laughs> folks. <laughs> what does Fiona smell like? What does her breath smell like? Does oh, Fiona God. have bad breath? All this kind of stuff. Do her feet smell like Frito? We got all these kinds of questions about Fiona's smell. Oh, Can you guys please shed some light on what Fiona smells like? Oh, Fee's. Well, let's, let's start with, I mean, 
She smells bad, honestly. There's, <laughs> there's not, there's no sugarcoating it. She is a hippopotamus, um, and just like the basic anatomy of a hippo, if you start looking into it, so they're pseudo ruminants. So they have a three-chambered stomach, and they practice foregut fermentation, which means that their food starts getting broken down very early in the process. Um, so they burp quite frequently, Ugh. and these burps smell worse than any fart you've ever experienced <laughs> yes. on the planet. It is, and on it, this is kind of terrible, but it's also one of my favorite things when we're doing tours. I love to see people's, like, reactions, and f nothing, nothing can discourage people from adoring Fiona, even the smells that might come out of her. They're just like, she's so amazing! And then you'll see their eyes watering, and they're kind of like... <laughs> under their mask yeah. and we're like yeah that's a burp um so they're really stinky really really stinky and they eat as jenna mentioned 30 pounds of food a day 30 pounds of roughly hay and the vast majority of it comes back out and um when it's in the water it's not our problem and it's great and the tilapias help uh but often when it's on land like again it stinks um the question about her feet smelling like fritos I know what that's referring to. That's like dogs, right? Dogs' yes. yeah. feet often smell like Frito Lay. Yeah, the question was, did her feet smell like Fritos the way most puppy feet do? <laughs> oh, well, when she, when she was a baby, if you guys look at the photos from the very first week, um, she had that that weird. The toes were like, and honestly, as a keeper, I probably should have known this coming in, but that freaked all of us mm -hmm. out. We were like, what is going on with her toes? So we did our research, obviously, and it's too. It's completely normal and people are probably going to be more familiar with it with horses and they call them fairy fingers on horses um but there's like a fancy scientific name it's called the eponychium and it's basically the cuticle is overgrown over top of the finger and toenails and that happens in the womb to basically protect the mother so that they're not like clawing around in there and especially when they're born Ouch. and they come out right right feet first um so that layer uh covers those things and it you know it gets worn away as they get older and it hardens up and it becomes just the cuticle of the nail. Uh, but I don't remember them having a smell. At least I didn't try to smell <laughs> right. them, I don't think. We had other things on our minds. Right. It was a crazy time. Right, right. Very stressful. But there's some fun science for you. Eponychium. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that word. Yeah. <laughs> I understood the reason and like yeah. the gelatinous covering and all yeah. of that. But yeah, I'm learning something new. Look at us. Yeah. What other smell question was there? Was that all? I think, <laughs> I think that's most of it. So she smells bad, yeah. but we Does don't she mind. Have bad but breath. we love her anyway. Yes, that's we right. Love her. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, lots of questions about Fiona's cuteness. How is she so cute? <laughs> that's a funny question. I don't know what. I think that's more of an existential an question. Yeah. Like this is a philosophical question right. about Fiona. How is it possible for one being to be so cute? <laughs> she objectively, for a hippo, really is beautiful. Yeah. Though I mean, she has her dad's like pretty pink coloration on her face and stuff, and the. It's the perfect ear. For me, it's the ears, I think. Mm, yeah. Like, that's the peak of the cuteness is those ears and when they wiggle. I love it. Her Just proportionately. Helps. Like, proportionately, she's such a perfect hippo. She she's adorable. Is. Yeah. She is. <laughs> Little mini hippo. Oh, man. Well, and there's something in her eyes, and I think the fact that she makes eye contact with people. Like, mm. she, if you come to the zoo and you're there in front of her at the glass, she will stand right up and look you right in the eye. Like, she's... She's like, hello, fans, hello, yes. like the queen. <laughs> so I think that's a part of the component is that she is interactive with people and we all love and adore that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a, a big difference, like Definitely. the personality. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely. All right, this is a tough one here. 
What TV shows do you think Fiona would watch if Fiona got to watch TV? <laughs> this one is hard. I want to hear what you think too, Mark. I I picture Fiona as more of like kind of a a girly girl, like a princess girl. I see her being a, just a little kid watching like some Powerpuff Girls or something like that. That's funny. I think I I want to go with like Great British Baking Show. Oh my god, I was thinking the exact same thing. But I don't know if that's because I'm into it, but we know she loves she, to eat. Yes, she, she loves food. She loves all the spices and the different oh, smells. Oh yeah, girl loves I mean, to eat. some sort of baking reality show. Yeah. She might even like some sort of drama. You know, she she likes I, that drama. She likes I was, drama. Yeah, I I don't know if I. <laughs> Honey Boo Boo comes to mind only because of the similarities of like. <laughs> I never actually got into that show, but well, entertaining. I hear Fiona's like I'm a child star. She's a child star. Oh yeah, we, we have we're expected to kind of perform and yeah. be a princess on and demand, put on, yeah. right? But she genuinely seems to love it, enjoy it. She's got her family supporting her and all that. I mean. That may be a stretch, but that, that <laughs> honestly is what popped into mind without too much like prompting. I love it. <laughs> I do too. That's awesome. All right, Powerpuff Girls, Great British Baking Show, Honey Boo. What's the name of the show? Honey Boo Boo's on. I don't know. Is is it not Honey Boo Boo? None of us. Maybe none of us actually watch it. <laughs> we just know Honey Boo Boo's persona. persona. <laughs> I'm sure somebody oh, can write in and correct. There we go. Me. Yes. All right. If Fiona could be friends with another animal species at the zoo. What do you think she would get along best with? This That's is a tough one. This is a fun one. Like, I like that thought. I can see her wrestling with, like, a rhino. Yeah. That definitely mm. popped into my mind first. Especially because Kendi was, you know, a baby when she was a baby. Yes. And he would have outgrown her pretty quickly. Like, they yeah. would have been in different weight classes very quickly. But I would, I could see them throwing down in a mud wall. Yeah. Both sure. are so playful. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there would be nothing yeah. cuter than a baby hippo and rhino Right. Rhino would be really cute. I've, I'm always a fan of, like, when you kind of see those odd couple relationships, like, in the animal kingdom. Like, I think it'd be really cute if there was just, like, a parrot or something. Oh, house, and it's like, Fiona's got this parrot riding on her back Ooh, or like something. Like a pirate. Okay. I love it. Like a Kia, maybe. Or so she hears the Kia. She's riding yeah. across They're the neighbors. hallway from the Kia. That's yeah, right. Like, that's totally. what I think of. That's so funny. Or maybe, like... An otter who's you know aquatic, yeah, yeah, can kind of keep up with underwater. Yeah, new mixed species. (laughs) Yes, otters and hippos doesn't occur in the wild, but we're gonna (laughs) try it out. Oh man! (laughs) What about you, Jenna? What do you think? I mean, I can just imagine her and my tie being good friends. They're really good at making people happy. They're both really round and love to eat. (laughs) Easy going. Yes. Elephant, yeah. yeah. Is that too easy? I don't know. I love that. I like one. it. No, that's a really good one, actually. Mm-hmm. I think she'd be friends with lots of animals. Though. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure if we ask her right now, Tucker would be her answer. Tucker's yeah. her best friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the most amount of boobs you've given Fiona <laughs> in a day? <laughs> for those unfamiliar, a boob. <laughs> <laughs> Clarify a boob for us. <laughs> A boop is when you just kind of get the animal's cute little face looking up at you, and you just give it a quick little boop, poke in the nose. Right like, on the nose. Poke boop. right on the nose. You have to make that noise, too. Yeah, you got to make the boop, boop as you poke it. <laughs> yeah. What's the most amount of boops you've given Fiona in a day? I mean, it Nobody's counting. Nobody's counting. Nobody's no. counting, but it has to be dozens yeah. on some days, right? Any, any chance you get, but you basically don't miss an opportunity to mm-hmm. give her a yeah. boop. Yeah. <laughs> 
Probably like four thousand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, some days it is, especially when it's winter time. It's really cold, and they're inside for the day. It's hard getting work done. Right. She's, she yes. wants attention. She's up at the gate, looking at you with those big eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. So hard to get stuff done with her around. All right. Does she have a plush animal after her? I mean, the person who asked this must not know about Fiona. Boy, does she have <laughs> plush animals. I don't yeah, I don't mean that to be rude. It is insane what she has after her. Yes, so she has so many stuffed animals. She also has ice cream, beer, t-shirts, um, pop sockets, blankets, yeah. mugs, everything. Yes, everything. So yeah. if you type in Fiona, you can find anything you want. The zoo sells a lot of Fiona merchandise and gift yeah. shop. The cookies are still oh, the same, my favorite. Yes. The, the busking cookies. They just cookies. came yeah. out yesterday. I know. Go try to find them. them. Yes. More, Fiona's yeah. face is on cookies, literally mm-hmm. printed. I think this year she's wearing, per- wearing pearls and a crown. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. You got fancy this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for those that don't know, SSA, who is our retail and food partner, they actually did have a Fiona plush that was custom made to look just... They have a hippo plush, mm-hmm. but they also have a custom Fiona plush that was wow. custom made just to look like Fiona. Oh my gosh. So. And do they only sell it here? It's only at Cincinnati, okay. yeah. It's on that our online sense. shop too, yeah, at mm. Cincinnati Zoo. But, yeah. Just for Fiona. I don't know of any other animal <laughs> that would get that kind of treatment. Fiona, <laughs> They're kidding. Pottery, yeah. statues. Yep. I forgot about yeah. Oh my gosh. So yeah, much. any local business around here, basically, like, go support the local businesses. They're all getting in on Fiona, and I can't blame them because I know. <laughs> I know. they know the marketing power Fiona has. Forever, forever throwing my own money at them. Every yes, time. same. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right, we also got a lot about, like, kind of our relationships with Fiona, Fiona's kind of memories, whatever. Do you have a certain fondest memory that you shared with Fiona? I'm sure you guys have infinite amount of memories. Mm, yeah. Raising her, sharing space with her, swimming with her—I can't even yeah. imagine. But yeah, my my favorite memory is a, a swimming memory for sure. So I'm pretty sure Jenna was with me this day. So Jenna and I were in our wetsuits and out on habitat swimming with Fiona, and Fiona was big at this point, like big enough that she didn't actually need our help anymore. And I think we were there mostly like for our own sake, and, <laughs> and because we were we were trying to cut the umbilical cord. Like right. all right, we gotta start. <laughs> backing off and let her be a hippo now but we were out there um with one of our teammates at the time alex so we're all swimming and you know us we're kind of floating around on the top and fiona's doing her porpoising thing where they go down and they push off the bottom and kind of jump up out of the water and breathe and play um and alex just happened to be in just the exact right moment when fiona came blasting up from the bottom porpoised and launches her <laughs> like a rag doll. It's like a dolphin show. That yes, yes. Like, like, sham, like, yes, like but an orca. But, was... right, but Alex had no idea yeah. it was coming. <laughs> and I will never forget her face when she went flying out of the water. And we were all just dying laughing. And even Fiona seemed like shocked by what had happened. It seemed unintentional. Um, that was that was the best day. It was also one of those moments where like she really is getting a little too big for us to, yeah. <laughs> to play with anymore. That was definitely one of my favorite memories. Oh my gosh. Swimming with her in general is like seriously the coolest thing I've ever done. Yeah. One, we were swimming at work on work time with a hippo. Like, incredible. In that beautiful new habitat and everything. Oh, yes. And she was so cute and so fun. And oh my gosh, those were the best times. It was like team oriented because there would be so many of us out there at once and Mm -hmm. shared experiences and everything. Yeah. 
anytime she would run around and get the zoomies and like chase us and then she's the clumsiest animal I've ever worked with. She wipes out a lot. All the time. And you know, so plenty of those where she'd go chasing after you as fast as she could and then just try and stop and like do a spin move and run into the fridge or something. You're like, oh, please don't fall over. But I remember also like there were times where uh, Wendy and I specifically would just start kind of like playing with her and she would like run from one person to the next and then she'd act like she was going to run right at us and like do it like a football like juke move and like right. like <laughs> trick us and turn right at the last second and just dive into the pools inside yes. and we would like throw hay on top of her and she'd just throw her head back and forth and oh my gosh we had so much fun with her there is a lot of yeah yes. a lot so of fun memories. memories yeah for me it was fun because when Fiona was actually born, I was in Wildlife Canyon across working in a different exhibit in the zoo. But all of us would come into work every single day. Is there an update on Fiona? Has oh. anyone heard today? How's she doing? So, like, we all kind of got to bond as on our own teams based on what you guys were going through over here oh. in Africa. And then for me personally, getting to then come to Africa a year later when Fiona was about a year old, it was so much fun. <sighs> my favorite memory, I was probably, it was my first day working in the hippo barn by myself. And keep in mind, like, you're trying to stay on your game. This is your first day in a dangerous animal working alone in a dangerous animal area. So, like, I'm trying to stay on my game, stay really professional, like, not get caught up in just giving Fiona the googly eyes all day. And then I'm in the barn hosing, and there's a door that leads from the exhibit into the barn, and it's got these window slats that open up. And I'm hosing out in the barn, and I hear something behind me. Fiona has come into those window slats and just rested her head and is just watching me clean <laughs> in the so barn. That's so sweet. It's the like, cutest hey, what thing you ever. Doing? Yeah. That, yeah. She's something else. I really want to get the door modified so that she can always do that because Aww. she can hardly fit at this point. But there's nothing better than this little hippo yeah. choosing to yeah. come hang out with you. Yeah. That's what makes her so special. Bibi doesn't come choose to hang out with us unless outside that food's door. Around. Right, yes. unless she's yes. around. But Fiona will just sit, rest her head, and watch yeah. you as you do your job. Yes. <laughs> just so She sweet. could be in this, she's got a beautiful pool. It's a sunny day outside. She could be hanging out of there, but no, she wants to just sit and watch you in the window right. slap. It's adorable. It's yeah. the best pop-in in the world. Her little <laughs> face just shows up in that window. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yes. She's the best. So we touched on a couple of these questions. Like, does she show affection towards her caregivers? Definitely. That's one of the things that makes Fiona so unique, right, amongst hippos. Like, yeah. you had mentioned with Bibi. We don't see Bibi or Tucker exhibit these behaviors that we see from Fiona, which makes her so much special. <laughs> yeah, and she's, you know, looking and seeking out people, I feel like, that are here for the first time, or I mentioned earlier, maybe you're going through a hard time, or young children, she just pauses, and like mm -hmm. Wendy said, like, makes eye contact, poses for the camera, all yeah. sorts of things, and um, I did sort of mention that she, like, can get the zoomies, which is so fun. Mm -hmm. I've never seen other hippos. Of course, she's the first and only baby hippo I've ever worked with, but, I mean, she'll just run around and get all excited and yeah it's so fun and I think it's sort of unique to her that she does this interaction which a lot of you have probably heard us talk about where if you have some sort of novel food or chocolate coffee peanut butter breath mm -hmm. she goes nuts and like <laughs> blows out of her nose and tries to like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tries to climb out of the gate that she can't fit through just to get to you, and yeah. I mean, she just has like really special things that she does that no yeah. other hippos yeah. do for sure. And she'll be wiggling her ears the whole time she's yes. doing that too, which it, 
Oh, again, the ears do it for me, but yes, <laughs> the, so the ears cool. go crazy. Definitely. Here's one that we kind of just mentioned. How do you resist petting and handling animals in your care? This one's really hard because that that desire exists. Like for whatever reason, humans are incredibly tactile. We want to touch things. Like that is part of how we experience things and learn and um, make connections with things. So like yes, you are forever pulling your hands back, especially from dangerous animals that you know you should not be <laughs> trying to touch and mess with. Um, I think the most important thing is that we're, especially in an animal like Fiona's case, where it's a baby that you are raising and you want the end goal is for them to be able to spend their life with conspecifics. Like we didn't ever, our goal was never to make Fiona this pet that we could always play with and interact with. The goal was always that the best life for her is to get her back to BB and Henry at the time and make it so that she can live with and among hippos and socially interact appropriately. And it was a side wonderful bonus that she built these relationships with us that have lasted. But at the end of the day, I think just keeping the goal in mind that, no, she she can't be too obsessed with us. She can't be too imprinted on us. She needs to be focused on other hippos because she's a hippo, and that's, mm. that's her life for the long run. Um, so that's, I think, for the most part, that. In terms of, like, animals in general, it's safety. It's safety. It's self-preservation. It's knowing that <laughs> without even trying, they can hurt you so easily. So just keeping yourself safe and it is how you resist. Yeah, it is important, and, like, Wendy brought up really you know, important points, but there is a difference. Like we are professionals and there are times where you'll see us giving mouth massages to Fiona. We stay in front of her teeth and we do things because relationships really help us keep, take better care of the animals here. So there are times when them allowing you to touch them and being comfortable with that can be a, like a really positive aspect of your relationship and help us do certain things, you know, put, some sort of fly ointment on their ears or, you know, for the meerkats, getting their flea and tick treatment on their back. They need to let us touch their backs. Like, certain things are allow you... Or ultrasound again. Exactly, yeah, yes. Yeah, so there's, like, this part where you have to look at the bigger picture. You can't be selfish. Um, but there are times, you know, we are... We are, this is our job and we work with animals, so we are allowed to touch them in certain ways and we do pet them sometimes. You'll see us get Fiona Mm -hmm. love and it's not like for any medical reason, but um, definitely like trying to remember they're wild animals and we need them to, you know, remember that in most cases for sure. Yeah, that's definitely the important part, isn't it? Here at zoos, none of these animals are domesticated, even though right. you may see us giving Fiona some love or some scratches, whatever it is. She's still a wild hippo at the end of the day. But I think that's one of the things, when you touched on it, that you guys did so wonderfully in raising Fiona is she is so well-adjusted. Sometimes you'll see with hand-raised animals, they don't go back to spending time with their own kind and behaving with their own species mm-hmm. routinely or easily, or maybe they can never do it again. Yeah. Fiona's adjusted so well. She is a hippo still at the end of the day. She enjoys spending time with the other hippos, but she also has these relationships with us and the keeper staff that yeah. makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's like <laughs> the best of both worlds yeah. for yeah. her. She's the happiest animal ever because she has she can find happiness in humans or her, you know, the her roommates, the people, the her people, the <laughs> animals she's living with, and I think that's really cool. Yes. But was super, we were super impressed when we realized she knows hippo behaviors, even yeah. though she spent the first few months with just. I mean, she could smell and see BB, but we were the ones like raising her, so right. that was trying impressive. our best to be hippo like, right. but we're limited, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how has caring for Fiona changed your life? I get contacted by. 
so many random people <laughs> coming out of the woodwork. Someone I went to elementary school with and haven't spoken to for decades. And they slide into the DMs like, hey, you work with Fiona, right? So that that is like, that's the forefront of what I... <laughs> that's the only like funny, interesting thing. But other than that, it's like just waking up and, and having that like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. We have the coolest job in the world. And knowing that there's thousands of people out there who would give anything to spend five minutes with this animal when I get paid mm-hmm. to spend up to 40 hours a week around her. So it's a, it's very humbling and an, and an honor, mm-hmm. I think, all wrapped together. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, aside from the really fun stuff and cool opportunities we've had because of her, it's the most important to me is the fact that we work with an animal that has such a big reach. Like without Fiona, I don't know if I would even have the opportunity to do this podcast or, you know, share her story is something that I'm really proud of. And we can, you know, hopefully inspire people with her. So we have this amazing tool now, like, like that's changed my life in the sense that you can even just brightening someone's day. Like you can go to the grocery and they'll see your zoo shirt and they'll be like, do you work with Fiona? And then I can be like, actually I do. do. And then they just like light up and ask a million questions. And so, I mean, she helps us feel special, which, you know, can change your life. And it's not something, like I mentioned before, you don't become a zookeeper thinking you'd ever be recognized or famous or anything. And the fact that we get to work with her is so, so, so special, but definitely uh, this is a good one right here. We've got this a lot. How did Fiona get her name? Oh, Wendy has to answer this Wendy one. Wendy has to answer it. I'll tell you, that it, there was a little bit of a process, but we're, naming animals, you always kind of, I don't know, keepers like to wait to make sure like they're out of the woods and that they're going to be around for a while. But with Fiona, we all felt very strongly like from almost day one, we're like, she needs a name and she needs it now. Because we need something to say to her as we are trying to coax her through this hardest part of her life. Like, you're going to make it. You're going to be okay, baby, little hippo. So our whole team agreed that she needed a name. So um, we decided that everybody, every one of the main caretakers, and I think there were roughly 10 of us at the time, got to submit, like, their choice for a name. Like, what would you want to name her? And then I created, um, like, a poll, a survey monkey poll that I sent to everybody and just let everyone vote, like... I think you got to rank each name, like, one through ten stars, how, yeah. how much you liked it. Um, and I think we sent the poll out on February 26th. And Fiona, which means fair, was my submission. Um, but it honestly didn't have anything to do with the meaning <laughs> of fair. The truth is because her ears reminded me of Shrek and Fiona. <laughs> because those cute little fluted ears. And she was also, like, our stinky kind of gross little princess, you know? Like, I don't, I don't know. She They remind me of ogres a bit. Um, so it just... Fit. It just felt right. Um, and so our team voted, and Fiona's name was the, the highest scoring name. But I have um, original content. I don't know that the zoo has ever shared this, but no. I have the other names that were also on please that Please remind survey. us. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Um, should, I, should I say them like in order of their rank, like how they ended up? Sure. Okay. So if Fiona had not been the winning name, the second most popular name among the staff was Nadiri, which means one who is rare and hard to find. Um, Nadiri is cute. It is cute. It would be harder to say yeah. than Fee. And a shortening of it. Deary? Nat? Nadi? I don't know. It <laughs> doesn't matter because she's Fiona. Um, but let's see. So after Nadiri was Mosey, which means firstborn child. That'd be uh, cute. Yeah, I like Mosey. Yeah. Um, and then after that... Call the, her Mo. <laughs> Mo, <laughs> Mo. Mo, Mo, and baby. 
And then uh, Jesse, which would have been named after Dr. Jesse Watusik, the scientist who ultrasounded her and then got that milk for us. So that was fitting. Um, let's see. After that, Dafina, which means high worth. And then Maud would have been uh, after the last baby that was born at the zoo 75 years prior. Oh. That was the name of the baby had been okay. born then. So that was so long ago. Like a, yeah. a reincarnation of that name. A callback, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, after that was Hyacinth, which I think is one of the names of one of the hippos in Fantasia. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then Betty, which now that we've lost Betty White, I'm like, you know what? I would have been okay with that. Yeah. I would have been all right with Betty. And what else did we have? Beth was also on there, and Esmeralda. Yeah, so that was those were all of the other possibilities. And, uh, and when we did decide on Fiona, I feel like she really just embodied it instantly. Like, it really just felt right. Mm -hmm. It was very easy. She didn't have to grow into that name. Like, she just kind of felt like she was Fiona all along, and we just discovered it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's perfect for her. Yeah, I'll yeah. say those are a lot of good names, but I couldn't imagine anything different. Right, right. Other than Fee. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a lot of questions about Fiona's personality. What kind of sounds does she make when she's excited? What's one thing she does that hit most hippos don't? We kind of touched on a couple of those. Yeah, that kind of hits both, like this, the huffing or blowing when yeah. she's excited and smells certain yeah. things. What's the most recent thing she did that made you laugh? Oh, gosh. She makes me laugh all the time. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh. They have this giant white toy. It's probably, what, five by five? I don't know. It's It can lay flat. It floats in the water, but it was on land. And BB had laid down and was blocking the doorway with her body. And then this giant toy was flat on the ground. And Fiona wanted around BB and pass the toy. But the only way to do so was to climb over this over toy. Top of it. And so she started to try and then like one foot slipped off and went behind BB and between the her, BB and the toy. And then she tried again and kind of didn't go all the way and stopped. And then finally she's like, Nope, I really want to move around my mom and she climbed over this toy just to come over <laughs> and say hi. She's <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, oh, you're ridiculous. It's more of that determination that we saw in her from day one. Yeah. She's not a quitter. She's like, I will climb that mountain. I will get over it. So there's a lot of cute things she does. Is there anything annoying that Fiona does but is also lovable? Like any annoying oh. but lovable behaviors she has. I mean, Fiona gets into trouble all the time. Not really, like, like desperate trouble, but, you know, she'll just climb on her drinkers if yeah. we're training one of the other hippos and how dare us ignore her for five minutes. Yes. She'll be in the back, like, trying to reach her little head through as close mm -hmm. to you as possible. She, like, beats on the doors if she knows you're in the kitchen and you didn't come say hello to her. You've, like, maybe you just took lunch and you were gone for an hour and you come back to, like, prep her food and, and you didn't go greet her how dare you yeah. you know she'll just like try and bang on the doors and get your attention and so it's very lovable but i feel like bb would have s more answers to this question <laughs> than we do in terms of um, annoying behaviors yes. she and tucker maybe at this point too because we see her she's precocious like she she is on them for yes. her own entertainment many hours a day but nibbling at their tails right their lips. play with me wake <laughs> up why are you trying to nap like because we're nocturnal girl sleep <laughs> so uh yeah all right describe fiona in three words this is tough one word this each really maybe mm. okay three 
Well, my first one was inspiring. That's what first came to mind. Inspiring. Definitely. Slightly different route for me. The first one I thought <laughs> of was sassy. Love it. Sassy. sassy. That would probably she be one of mine. Sassy. I'm glad somebody said it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think, like, charismatic. Just, yeah. Just, yeah. She's got that something. Like, you just can't quite put your finger on it, but she's got it for sure. Definitely. Charismatic, inspiring, sassy. sassy. Yes. All of the above. Very yes. true for Fiona. <laughs> Is there a fun fact about Fiona that we may not know? I feel like I touched on one. Oh, the fact that she's clumsy. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know because we don't catch it on camera and you aren't going to notice it in the water. It's on land. She just, she slips all the time or I don't know how she ends up falling. Well, she's she's trying to get everywhere so fast is part of the problem. She's wet usually, so slippery floors. Oh yeah. my gosh, climbing things. Um, And then another one we've touched on but isn't like super well known is that she's afraid of bubbles, which <laughs> bubbles being blown at her. She doesn't mind a bubble bath, but if you blow like one single little bubble at her, She'll look at it for like three seconds and then just take off running. And it's really hilarious. What is this witchcraft? I promise we only do it once a year just to <laughs> to make sure she's still afraid, see if she's started to, to love them. But it started off as enrichment just to we blow bubbles and some animals yeah. find it entertaining. Some enjoy it, yeah. Fiona doesn't. I don't know. Fear can be enriching too. That's I always true. remind people. I'm like, ha, ha, raise your hand if you've ever been to an amusement park That's or, a good or you've point. gone to a scary movie. Yes. So like we all kind of enjoy to be scared once yeah, in a while. Yeah, making a brain con- think a different way. Yeah, yeah, a controlled, safe setting where you know it's just for fun. That's yeah, bubbles. It's healthy. For it's healthy in certain settings. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The first time I, I did try blowing bubbles towards her, she ran away and wouldn't take food for me from third from me for 30 minutes wow. straight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just like, nope. <laughs> for her to pass up food. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do hippos only ear wiggle when they are young? We see Fiona's very cute, charismatic ear wiggle. I think it's funny. People do think this is a Fiona trait. But, sorry to burst your bubble, but all hippos do this at right. all ages. And predominantly to get water out yes. of their ears. When they surface, their ears are, you know, like little fluted cups, so they collect water. So the wiggle just flings all that water out so they can hear better. Yeah, that's um, definitely one we see it most often, yeah. I love when they do it at the wall when we're having those interactive moments because it, it's literally like she's, like, baptizing whoever's there. <laughs> like, sprinkling water on her fans with her ear wiggle. And that's it's incredible. Like, <laughs> and I never get tired of it. Every time, I'm like, yes. That's so funny. I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> and then a couple questions about hippos' aggression. You hear stories in the wild about how aggressive hippos can be. Are they less aggressive in zoos than they are in the wild? I would say no. I mean, what I know about hippo aggression is that it's predominantly males in its territoriality. Like, a male hippo in the water with his bloat, his harem of females, will kill anybody that enters into that space. Um, so male hippos, presumably with a bloat of females that they feel like they need to defend, even in, in zoo setting, can be definitely dangerous. Yes. Um, yeah, I know that they're less dangerous on land, believe it or not, but that's, that's what I know about it. I think it's different because we aren't ever sharing space, which is a question we did get. We don't share space with them at all anymore. There's always a gate or a wall between us. So, yes, we can touch them, and, and it's not necessarily like this giant barrier or like really enclosed barrier between us but um, there's always something between us also we're providing them with everything they need rather than taking it and often hippos are are 
having the opportunity in the wild more than a lot of other animals that would be dangerous, for example, like a lion, because of the water. So if they're in the water and people are coming to fish, bathe, do their laundry, collect water, swim, mm -hmm. like they just happen to be walking into the hippo's, I mean, house for lack of a better word. So yeah, their territory, yeah. whereas they aren't just like going up and walking towards a, a pride of lions. So right. they're interacting or coming across hippos more often. And, you know, there's a lot of them in one space sometimes depending yeah. on the access to water. So I think that's why they're the most dangerous animal in Africa or why the most incidents happen with hippos. Um, and they're prolific. Like, there's lots of them. Yeah. yeah. And people, they have this docile look to them. Mm -hmm. They look like cows. They don't look like an animal you need to be too concerned about. So I think people are more comfortable getting closer than that they should. That makes sense, too. For sure. Yeah. But honestly, we've never seen a single ounce of aggression towards a caretaker or a human ever from the hippo. So I don't think they're necessarily, like angry and you know aggressive all the time but they're just protective mothers of their calves and males of their territory so yeah for sure definitely agree with that all right what is the life expectancy of fiona or just Aww. in general what is the life expectancy of hippos in the wild versus zoos and does fiona have any health problems as a result of her prematurity um, I think one fairly significant health problem would be the, the massive head that she's gotten from all the things. <laughs> like, clearly has had some effect on her. She's, she has a big head. But no, um, in all honesty, no, she has no, no health um, problems that we're aware of at this point. And we fully expect and hope to have Fiona around with us um, anywhere from 35 to 40 years. And some hippos have lived quite a bit longer, especially under human care. I think the longest living hippo is 63 years. Yeah, that's what I read. Yeah. So we can expect her to be around for a good long time, especially with no health issues that we're aware of. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, hippos, I mean, in the wild have a lot of other things going against them that can make their lives harder. So it, it, they can tend to live longer in zoos, but... Yeah, kind of depends Hopefully on Fiona each case. Is one yeah. of those. Yeah. <laughs> what was the impact of Fiona's birth like for the zoo? We sort of mentioned this, and I think it's amazing. She has had an impact for the zoo, the city of Cincinnati, and like Definitely. a global impact. But I mean, right now we have all of these things happening for her birthday um, that support so many local businesses. So Graders, our local ice cream shop, Cincy's shirts. It has two shirts you can buy for her birthday this year. Rookwood Pottery. We have Buskin Bakery making her cookies every year with her face on them. <laughs> um, you know, we have the Richard Cowdery book. She, she has a new oh, one, right. her Happy Birthday Fiona book. I think it's his fifth one about Fiona, <laughs> which is coming out soon, um, that you guys can purchase. The zoo has, you know, their own online gift shop with all of her birthday collection. We have Coffee Emporium Coffee. And then one thing that's fun this year... Oh, Listerman Brewery always does a birthday beer, which I'll have to stop oh, yeah. and get one next week. <laughs> um, but fun this year and new are these Fiona chocolate bars. So Graders is, or yeah, Graders is doing these chocolate bars and you have the chance like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to pull a golden ticket yeah, and win a that. kiss from Fiona, yes. which is super cool and just like a fun little thing. So Anyways, she obviously made a huge impact on the zoo, bringing people in, getting followers, and that helped others just learn about animals in general. Like, we did those home safaris and brought in millions of viewers watching those, and 
just loving learning about animals during these hard like pandemic times. Um, so huge impact on the zoo in so many ways on our lives in the city. And we have people traveling the world and writing yes. in saying how much they love her for traveling to see her. So, I mean, huge impact. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I don't know how frequently you're out at Hippo Cove and you meet someone who came from California just to see Fiona or mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. or Florida, even Alaska and Hawaii I've seen before. Yeah. Like it is amazing the people she's brought into the city just to see Fiona. Yeah, yeah, I'd say five years later, it's at least weekly now when it's warm out and we're outside and she's out more often. And the first years, I'd say it was over like more than one a day, yeah, you know, coming sure. from everywhere to see her. Yeah. And it, it doesn't appear to be slowing down is the crazy thing. Yeah. Like the, this... Everybody's still in love with I think with that's her. what's shocking us the most. Yeah. We really thought this would die off. <laughs> right, right. But she's holding people's attention somehow, so. So here's another good question, just for you two specifically being on her original care staff. We got this comment saying, quote, unquote, I cried watching Fiona fight for her life in the videos. How did you guys stay positive and strong during that time? Was there any times you guys felt like giving up? Could you just talk about that process a little bit? I know those were definitely stressful times. It gets kind of... I guess sensationalized now, five years later, that everything has turned out okay for her. But we didn't think things were going to be okay for her. Right. Um, I mean, I, I can remember at least one overnight I had with her where it was getting really rough and, like, I was definitely sitting there crying, holding holding her. And um, I started reading her a bunch of the Facebook comments <laughs> that people were writing in. And it became this, like kind of goofy little thing that we did we literally if you guys sent fan mail very early on in the beginning I can almost promise you Fiona heard it yes. because <laughs> it was like it was partially for us because it was emotionally taxing not knowing how the story would end but um we we, we read all of that and just felt all of that love and support coming from literally worlds away um that made a world of difference I can't imagine going through everything that we did without that support, honestly. That would have been my answer too, and just sharing it online and yeah, seeing people, how much they were following her and fighting for her and how cool of a situ and unique situation this was that people were watching this animal that we in the past wouldn't have shared because it was a scary time and you don't want to share the scary stories. You want to share the happy, fun stories. And I, I love that our zoo is transparent about that because it helped us. We think it helped Fiona. Yeah. It, it, knew, it helped knowing people were rooting for her and rooting for us and saying the kindest things to us still yeah. to this day. And we feel like the lucky ones. And um, yeah, it was really hard. Some days were awesome and other days it was really, really hard. And you were just stressed and wondering if you would see her the next day when you would leave. And um, I think those the fan mail really, really helped. Like Wendy mm -hmm. set up one day, I think you taped up like 50 different letters yeah. that were written in and just kind of decorated for like yeah. a better word, our, our hippo building with Fiona notes and things that people wrote in. And um, so definitely people rooting for us and like kind of fighting the fight with us definitely helped us stay positive. Yeah, the positivity goes a long way in a situation like that for sure. Yeah. Does Fiona have an indoor pool when she's off exhibit? So she spends a lot of time especially during the winter time, depending on the climate in Cincinnati, it kind of changes day to day. It can be all over the place, but she does spend some time inside. What's her indoor area like? Yeah. So we have, um, heated floors for the hippos. I mean, for the princess, <laughs> for the queen, um, which they love. And also we have, um, a big indoor pool that we can split in half. So currently Fiona and Bibi have half and Tucker has the other half overnight. So they always have access to water and, um, they definitely, 
enjoy their heated floors, but it kind of depends on the temperature if they pick their heated floors or their pools. Um, and often we will bring in sand over the winter and fill a stall with sand so they can choose if they want to lay in the sand, the pool, or on their heated floors. So um, they do have a pool inside and you can see that in a lot of the videos that we've done. The princess is definitely pampered, that's yes. for sure. <laughs> um, what about hippo teeth? we got a question about that. Can you explain hippo dentition? How strong are their jaws? All that kind of stuff. Ooh. Um, well, I know that hippos have 36 teeth in their mouth, and eight of those are tusks. Um, and those tusks are incisor tusks, which are the ones that kind of stick straight out from the bottom and the front of their mouth. And they also have canine tusks. And those are the gnarly sharp ones that every time a hippo opens and shuts their mouth those canine tusks slide past each other and self-sharpen like scissors. It's, it's an ingenious design. Mm -hmm. um, and Tucker has felt the full force of BB's sharpened tusks <laughs> regularly over the last few months as, they're, as they navigate all of the social dynamics of adding a new hippo to a bloat. Um, and they do have that amazing ability to open their jaw almost a full 180 degrees, which Tucker has also demonstrated oh, a few amazing. times. Yeah. Yes, it, it literally... It, doesn't look natural like it doesn't yeah. look like a behavior that any animal should be able to do to watch their head literally just open and completely like split in half and it's like a Cirque du Soleil trick but um <laughs> yeah and their their tusks are considered ivory by the way which is one of the reasons that you know they face threats in the wild they are poached for that ivory and I think that their ivory is softer than elephant ivory and easier to carve so mm -hmm. in some ways more desirable um so yeah there's definitely uh something that it, they obviously need it in the wild, but it kind of works against them in terms of making them another um, an enemy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Something that people want to to get in on that and take from them. And I think it's interesting that they have these front teeth that you see all the time in the photos or when they open their mouths. But they also have these jowls or like these giant cheeks that help them eat because those tusks are not able to pick up grass or help them right. chew. So they have keratinized lips, so the edges of their lips are hardened, kind of like your fingernails. It's malleable, but like hard. And then they can, the, I remember the first time watching them eat, I'm like, how are you picking up this yeah. hay? How are you eating? How could you possibly eat grass? So they pick it up with their lips and then the cheeks help move it to the back where they have molars. So <laughs> in certain videos, you can probably see their molars, but that's actually what they're chewing with. And the tusks are those front teeth are for protection yeah. you know they don't really have a purpose for chewing or eating and honestly hippos are so dangerous because they have a really strong bite force which is about 1800 psi and i i know crocodiles have stronger but i believe they're like the top mammal and mm. potentially people believe that they could bite a crocodile in half wow. with their strength i've so. heard kind of anecdotal stories about that yeah. before which is insane yes that is yeah, Terrifying. but I mean, you imagine the fact that they can open their mouth so wide, so that probably helps with a lot of it, yeah. versus like a polar bear where their mouth isn't quite as big. Mm -hmm. I think that's why they might have the stronger, but that makes sense. I'm like, not an expert on that subject, I can promise you that. We <laughs> often joke that they're like a hydraulic press, where yes. you put a whole watermelon, watermelon or a whole pumpkin in there yeah. and just watch it explode once they crush it. That's, to this day, never gets old. And I love, we recently gave Tucker a pumpkin on exhibit, and he submerged underwater before he burst it and all of the bubbles came out and all of the seeds and the tilapia were like yes um but yeah that never gets old it's still so oh, cool no. and terrifying and a good reminder of like, how dangerous they are exactly it's a serious animal right there for sure all right we got two more questions here number one 
what do we know about the intelligence of hippos? Like, how do they display that intelligence? So I've never read anything specific, and maybe Wendy has. I just personally compare them to dogs. I think they're about the same. They have the same intelligence level as a dog. Like, you can do a lot with them. They're very, very food motivated, which helps. So I wouldn't say I have any way of proving how smart they are, but... They come when you call their name. They allow us to do blood draws. They, yeah. you know, want to participate in lots of training. They recognize people and cameras and all sorts of things. Um, you know, we know elephants are incredibly intelligent. That's yeah. really been studied. I don't know that that's been studied with hippos much. What do you think, Wendy? I my my anecdotal response to this is that when I was an intern. Um, one of my first internships was working with hippos, and this was, you know, years ago, and I remembered working with a keeper, and I asked if they did any training, um, and these keepers at the zoo did not at the time and said it would be a waste of your time, and it's interesting to me that I've, like, now, you know, become a keeper who trained a hippo for an ultrasound yeah. behavior, so I can say that I think that their intelligence is seriously underestimated mm -hmm. and has been in the industry for a long time. But I think, especially with Fiona and everything that we've gone through with her, that's something that's always growing and changing. And as we get better at training animals, we just learn. Like, it's all about speaking their language. Like, animals are super intelligent. Yes. Even the ones that we think are dumb, they're not. We just don't understand or we can't speak their language. Um, but based on, you know, what we've experienced with ours, I, I, I think if they were more social, if they had the same, like, social dynamics that, like, an elephant herd might have, you'd see even more intelligence with them. I think that's the only reason they're lacking. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. See, and like a way I feel like they show their intelligence is how quickly they'll pick up on a new behavior that we are trying to train them. And so when you mentioned we don't speak the same language, so it's a lot of, you know, asking or capturing a behavior they're doing or and hoping, you know, you bridge and reward them at the right time. But Fiona, for example, would like put her foot on a stump and I would reward it and then I'd like just point to the stump and I forget what word I was using and try and get it. And she picked it up in like two sessions. Now I haven't followed through with that because the stumps never stay still. And, I, <laughs> and it would be a lot of moving stumps and shifting hippos. But like, seriously, it only took two times before I felt like she actually had a clue what I was asking her for. And it'd be like somebody speaking Japanese to me and me trying to figure yeah. out what they're saying after just a few minutes. So I think they're very smart. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Like you said, they definitely respond to their names and you'll see different reactions to the hippos based on which keeper is working in that area. They recognize the keepers and they behave differently for each one of us. So Totally. Not as smart as they get credit for. Yeah. Or yeah, the opposite. The opposite, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. Maybe you're not as smart. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right, final question here. We got this one a lot. Is there a way to meet Fiona? Oh, gosh. That's all yes. you. Yes. Absolutely. So unfortunately, it's difficult at this point in time. Five years later, there is a wait list to meet Fiona. Mm -hmm. It's not cheap either, but people are dying to meet her. They all say it's worth it. I ask at, at least 50% of the tours I do, so was this worth it? Did it live up to the hype? Is she as cute as you thought she would be? And everyone says 100% yes. Mm -hmm. Um so if you go to the zoo's website, we do have all sorts of opportunities to meet penguins or Galapagos tortoises or Kia or, you know, all sorts of things. And hippos are one of them. So you can check out that page and, and either get on the wait list depending on when you try. Um, but we do have opportunities that you can pay groups um, 
up to five people can come and you see the barn and the bottle that she drank from and you know the places where she was hand raised and all sorts of cool things um, and get up close with Fiona and get pictures taken of you and Fiona so definitely an opportunity uh, you just might have to wait a little while yeah. <laughs> and like Jenna said these opportunities aren't cheap but it's important to know like that money goes directly back to the zoo and directly back to conservation this money yes. is going to good places that actually ties in nicely Mark with our what can I do? I did that on purpose. Oh, <laughs> good job. So we wanted to ask Wendy, what can I do? And the tours have a little bit to do with that. Yeah, yes. that's right. And I know we, I think you guys deliberately try to stay away from give money to this, give money to that. And sometimes the truth is there are species of animals where honestly the best thing you could do is to give money to the right um, source. So uh, here at the Cincinnati Zoo, half of, half, half of the money from every behind the scenes tour goes towards the Ugandan Waterways Project, which is a conservation effort that is focused on um, giving resources to a team of people who patrol the waterways in Uganda. So essentially they're in boats, just going up and down the river, trying to dissuade poachers from being there, trying to make sure illegal fishing isn't happening, basically just being um, the lookout, the rangers on those waters to try to protect not only hippos, but every animal that lives within that river environment. So. The Ugandan Waterways Project is a, a, a great place if you feel like if you have money to spare and you want it to specifically fund hippo conservation, uh, that's the project that the Cincinnati Zoo supports anyway. Yes, and I wanted yeah. to correct because I nodded at Wendy, but it's 20% from the tours and 50% of that tour money goes to the Ugandan Waterways Project and we also give right. the other 50% from the 20% to Volpro of Vulture Conservation. That's so right. Fiona brings in so much popularity. We are able to give thousands and thousands of dollars back to conservation. So we share a little bit of the love with the vultures, but 20% right. of your contribution from coming to the tour goes to you um, to conservation and 50% of that goes to right. the Ugandan Waterways. Thank so you. just to make sure we got that, you know, accurate out there but yeah, but their job is so important out there yes. obviously protecting the animal not just hippos but every species in the waterway they also help reduce human wildlife conflict even not from poachers just from people who might be trying to bathe or wash their clothes whatever it may be in the waterways right but, yeah right. absolutely mm -hmm. cool yeah I feel like we answered so many questions. I was saying, but there were so many yes. we still didn't so get to. <laughs> oh thank, my gosh. Thank you guys for having me. This yeah. is so fun. I'm so glad you joined in yeah, because you have a different you. perspective. You have funny memories. <laughs> I'm so glad it was fun to like yeah. go over this again five yeah. years later with you. And thank you to everyone who wrote in questions. For sure. Uh, who support Fiona. She has a virtual birthday party coming up. Um, and this episode will be airing on that day, so it's probably too late to get those tickets. But <laughs> uh, happy birthday to Fiona. Yeah. Yes. Thank you all for listening to Cincinnati Zoo Tales. Yes, happy fifth to our princess. <laughs>